Okay. Isn't that after your intro, Ken? No. You hung too early. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today we are joined by Taylor McDonald, the human behind Bindi's Bucket List, an Instagram account with almost 50,000 followers whose main focus is canine enrichment and the ins and outs of dog ownership. We're excited to be talking to Taylor today about all the fun enrichment activities we can do with our pups, especially nearing the winter time. So let's dive in, shall we? And the seas are getting rough. It is getting harder to see your face. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we're here with Taylor McDonald from Bindi's Bucket List to talk about canine enrichment. Welcome, Taylor. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so exciting. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. And yeah, I mean, as Ken said in the intro, I don't think this episode could have been more well-timed because I don't know about in St. Catharines, but I would say here yesterday we got like our first official snowfall where the snow actually stuck. So it's that time of the year where it's like a little harder to get outside if you don't like winter or if your dogs don't like winter. So having all of those canine enrichment tools to use inside on cold days it's a, a good time for this conversation. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially with, we just got snow here too and perfect timing. Sweet. Well, before we get started today, let's find out a little more about you, shall we? So can you give us a quick intro to yourself? And of course, please tell us about Bindi and Rosie, your pups. Yeah, of course. So I'm Taylor. I'm kind of the invisible face behind um, the Binny's Bucket List platforms. I have two rescue mystery mutts. People like to call them coconut hounds. We really don't know what they are. They're about 40 pounds and they could not be more different. We rescued them about six months apart. Um, They're just so different and have taught me so much in terms of dog ownership and also how different two dogs in your home can be, um, which has been super interesting with enrichment. And um, we originally started talking about enrichment when we first had Bindi. And when we did get Rosie, it expanded so much more um, with their differences and similarities. So it's been a super interesting and wild ride, but they definitely keep me on my toes. That's for sure. Can you tell us a bit more about what their differences are? I'm just thinking of myself. I also have two dogs who are literally polar opposite to each other. One is very driven and loves to work, and the other one is literally a cat in a dog's body. Do you have similar? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. And it's so funny because when we got Bindi, we always joked that she was like, an adult dog in a puppy body. Like she never was the stereotypical crazy puppy. She just wanted to please people. She loves being around people. She's a complete snuggler. Like she loves to learn and do tricks and everything like that. And then Rosie came in and was like, 
I'm not doing any of this. Like I'm going to yeah. do my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she was hilarious. Like she constantly makes us laugh all the time because she's just so different. She marches to the beat of her own drum. Um, she's very motivated and smart herself, but just completely different. Um, she's more confident where, whereas Bindi's kind of like a nervous Nelly. Um, and just Rosie just, she's crazy, like in a good way, but she just is one of those dogs that just makes you laugh. And you're like, what are you doing? Whereas Bindi is like very proper, <laughs> like scared to do anything wrong. <laughs> oh, I love that. And it's like, it's so, it's so incredible how the more things and activities you do with your dogs, how you can just like get to know their individual personalities. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like just hearing you talk about your dogs, it's like hearing someone talk about their kids, right? Like you're able to like (laughs) point out their like their, their characteristics and what they're like and what they don't like. And I don't know. I just like, it warms my heart. It's funny, right? Because you think they're going to be the same and they're so not. They're just so, so different sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. That was awesome. Um, So let's, let's get into the topic at hand. So for those who maybe don't know, um, could you tell us exactly what canine enrichment is? Yes. Yeah, so canine enrichment has been around for so long. And recently it's been kind of taking the internet by storm, especially with social media and so many different outlets with videos and pictures these days. But canine enrichment is essentially just giving your dog species appropriate outlets for their needs. So this could be a wide variety of things. It could be anything from a chewing outlet, a chasing outlet, digging, sniffing, foraging. There's just so many different things that it could be. And the interesting thing about it is that these tendencies tend to be branded as negatives, right? Like your dog chews your shoes, you're like, oh, that's a negative or your dog starts digging in your garden and digs up your plants. You're like, oh, that's a negative. That's bad, right? But what canine enrichment seeks to do is find an appropriate way to basically allocate those species appropriate needs into a positive way that's enjoyable for your dog and also not ruining your house. That was the best description of canine enrichment I've ever heard. That's <laughs> awesome. And I love the the, spe- the species specific. And I love that because I've seen recently on your Instagram where you've been sharing um, like enrichment for all types of different animals, yeah. which every time I look, I'm like, what is this? A, like snake enrichment? It's amazing. It's definitely something super interesting because there are like entire zoo programs that are dedicated or captive animal programs, right? Like even at certain rescues or rehabilitation centers, any basic captive species, there's usually some kind of enrichment that you can do for these animals. So it's really cool to see when you see it outside of dogs as well. So that has been a really fun segment to do. Yeah, that's, that's really, really neat. And like going back to the dog piece, it's like, yeah, I, I love how you worded that a lot of these activities are seen as a negative when this is what these animals were, were made to do. So to take that and to, to twist it into something fun and exciting or, or something that will, you know, keep them calm or something that'll just, you know, it could be one side of, of the coin or the other, calm versus excitement. And uh, I just, I just love that about enrichment. So um, I think that segues nicely into our next question, um, which is why would you say canine enrichment is so important? 
That's a hard one because there are so many little benefits to enrichment. And I think the more people actually do it with their own dogs, the more they see that happening. So for example, there's certain different um, enrichment activities that can help calm down your dog, um, especially foraging and um, like snuffle activities and everything like that. They have such high value to your dog and they can actually release serotonin into your dog's brain. So not only does it make a happier, more calm dog, but providing these outlets, there's some really interesting studies out there that show that providing these outlets can deter your dog from making their own trouble, right? We, we often see that dogs get into trouble when, when they're bored. So by offering these outlets to your dogs, it stems that boredom and it can offer something positive that saves your shoes. <laughs> or your baseboards. Or your couch, yes. or literally <laughs> anything, anything else. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've seen I've seen horror stories of people with like Malinois or like Huskies or like these large energetic breeds that are meant to yeah have a job and then these uh, their owners don't necessarily have the right tools in place or maybe they it's just a one-off you know the dog got bored whatever um, but yeah you see like pictures and videos of like literally drywall eaten out of, of, of rooms of couches being destroyed you know dog beds whatever it may be and uh, yeah it's pure boredom and so to distract that with something that the dog was bred to do or or that it, yeah like that serotonin thing like you said yeah. um, just makes so much sense and it's one of the little things that you can do that can sometimes just make a world of difference right I, I find a big one is People think all dogs want to do the same thing all the time, right? Like there's the cartoon dog you see on TV that's so happy to see everyone and wants to go everywhere and do everything. But there are some dogs that that is really not enjoyable to them. And that actually stresses them out and is not really enrichment for them because it's just they're so anxious about it. Whereas there's something you can do at home that could be far more enjoyable for these dogs and create a positive aspect in their life and just the smallest thing from doing like a snuffle box or a stuffed enrichment or play with a flirt pole in the yard, right? There's just so, so many options out there. I love that. Well, that's a good, um, I think that's a good time to segue into a break. So thank you for sharing all of that information. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your favorite types of enrichment, which I'm really excited to hear about um, and how those are beneficial to our pups. So stay tuned. back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your hosts Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today we are talking with Taylor from Bindi's Bucket List to talk all about canine enrichment. 
Yeah. So in the first half of today's episode, um, we heard from Taylor about what enrichment is, why it's so important. So let's dive a bit deeper. So Taylor, can you tell us about the different kinds of enrichment activities we can do with our dogs Um, and maybe dive into some of the differences around, you know, using food versus activities that don't include food, maybe inside, outside, that sort of thing. So when it comes to enrichment, like we were saying before, there are so many things that you can do when it comes to enrichment. I like to kind of start them off by breaking them into two groups. First group is food enrichment, which most people think about right away. And then the second group is non-food related enrichment. So when we think food enrichment, that's pretty much the first thing, like the light bulb that comes on for people, mostly because Food is one of those things that most dogs respond to. Um, Obviously, some dogs are a bit more picky. And if you have a picky dog, you know it because they'll never let you forget it. (laughs) So it makes it a little bit more difficult. But there's lots and lots of food-based enrichment out there. Some classic ones are like classic Kong or like a fun feeder. Snuffle mats are great for like dry treats. Um, you can do things frozen. You can do things not frozen. You can do hide and seek games, scatter feeding. There's just so much. And then you go to the other side, which is non-food based enrichment. And a lot of people look for those as well, especially with dogs that are say more toy driven or um, game driven. So things like a flirt pole or even dog sports that can be definitely considered um, a non-food motivated form of um, enrichment for dogs. There's other things too, like auditory enrichment is a big one, especially in a shelter setting because shelters obviously have limited budgets and don't have a ton of things they can do. But auditory enrichment, there's some really cool studies on it that shows that even having some calming music in the shelter can lower the stress levels of dogs and in a sense, make them more adoptable. I was just going to ask, can can you elaborate on, on that a little bit more. This is the first time I've ever heard of this. So this summer, we actually did a sensory yard series. And we did everything from textures to sands, different areas in the yard, but a big one was auditory enrichment. And we talked about that one a lot, because it's often kind of like swept under the rug. But auditory enrichment, for example, in the yard, we used water features, wind chimes, special like plants like Boston ferns, which ruffle in the breeze, just little things like that. Um, Even types of music have been proven to be enjoyable for dogs like classical and I think one of them was actually rock I can't remember don't cite me on that but (laughs) there's been some really cool studies on that and the SPCA actually recommends auditory enrichment especially in sheltered settings because it does bring your the stress levels down in dogs Interesting. So I am that person that when I leave my house, I leave the television on for my dogs. And I never thought, well, I kind of thought about the audio portion of it. But like, immediately you think, oh, it's like the TV, if they want, they see movement, right? Um, But yeah, I guess they're also hearing it and just hearing voices might, I don't know, it's just a thing I've always done with my dogs since they were young, um, unless I'm going away for like numerous hours. But anyway, um, I usually always leave the television on and uh, I guess, yeah, I'll just have it on a low volume, but the volume's still there. So maybe I never, again, thought much of the volume. I only thought about what they're seeing. So very interesting. Yeah. And that's a really good example as well. I'm totally the same. We've always left the radio on if we leave the house 
And I think it works as a great buffer because not only is it enjoyable to have something like soft playing for your dogs, but it also can be a good buffer for stressful sounds. So say if there's something outside that some dogs might get triggered by something outside, maybe a weird noise, but it works as like a really great calming buffer there as well. So one of those really weird ones that people don't talk about often, but there's even like playlists you can find on Spotify for dogs, like just like you can find dog TV as well. So there's lots of cool little outlets like that is around as well. So cool. Okay. I need to hear more about your sensory yard. So like you basically turned your backyard into like a sensory play area for your dogs. <laughs> yes. I know it sounds a little crazy. Okay, that's am- <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. So tell us more about like what was included in that. Cause I have to hear about this. So we did a bunch of different things. Cause when we moved, we knew like our yard isn't huge by any means at all. So we knew we wanted to cr- make it a space that was enjoyable, enjoyable for the dogs. And it also honestly was very enjoyable for us to sit back there once it was all said and done. So we had like a dig pit, we had um, like a little kiddie pool area, we had the sniffy wall, which was like all these mounted pots with like all dog friendly herbs and florals and stuff so they could get into that. And then we also had like, we called it a sensory rock garden around the side. So it was all different um, rocks and sounds. So like different gravels, stuff like that, and more um, pet friendly plants as well. And then also just like a space where they could sit and relax. So they had their beds out there and just little things that dogs, like sometimes you wouldn't really think that it would make a difference, but their senses are so acute. So sometimes just the tiniest little thing you can add into your space, even when you have a balcony or even if you don't even have a balcony and you just have a window you could do something at, it, it can make it such a big difference for their enjoyment. That's so cool. I've heard of people who, again, don't have some, like some sort of outdoor space and they'll take like something like a hummingbird feeder and or like a bird feeder and they'll put it outside their window. So I don't know how, well, it depends on the type of dog. Some dogs I'm sure would not be okay with that. But, um, <laughs> but, but at least like it was some, it would bring something over to the window mm-hmm. for the dogs to watch. So mm-hmm. I find that so interesting. Again, you think of these things, um, but you don't necessarily pair them with being like canine enrichment you just say will my dog enjoy this probably so yeah that's so neat I want to do that with my backyard next year (laughs) there you go it's honestly it was super fun to do especially obviously we're living in the pandemic so we were like housebound for most of it so we did stuff like that but there's so many things you can do for very very cheap if not just like repurposing things there's and you can totally make it your own depending on the size of your yard and what your taste is Wow, that's genius. I love that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to see pictures. So okay, <laughs> I will. Um, okay, we have one more quick question. All right, so clearly you love making up fun and exciting food combinations for your pups as well. We've seen it on your Instagram. Um, do you find this keeps them more engaged with enrichment activities? So like mixing it up every single time for them so they don't get bored? I definitely think it helps, especially because a big thing with enrichment is also the the idea of offering choice and also offering variety. So 
It's very dependent though, because some dogs, like we mentioned earlier, can be very picky or some dogs can be on a fixed diet. In those cases, it's just best to use the regular meals, two birds, one stone, then you're not overfeeding your dogs or say your dog has allergies. You don't want to risk that kind of thing. But if your dog is open to other foods and if you do it correctly, I think it's very, very beneficial. Um, you're going to offer a sense of variety. And also I find it helps your dog want to work through their treat and work through the puzzling game because it's something new and exciting. A way I often refer to it, it's like when you, around Christmas time, for example, you get your advent calendar and you're super stoked for your advent calendar. But if you got your advent calendar every single day, it wouldn't really be as special, right? Just like the same as your first bologna sandwich as a kid, you're like, this is the best ever. But then if you get that bologna sandwich every day, you're going to be like, uh, no, thank you. Offering variety is very much that. That way you're going to keep your dog engaged. And they also get the benefit of trying something new and having fun with it, right? You can find what they like and build off that. And it works for training as well, because then you can find what treats work best um, to hold their engagement. That's such a good point. I never would have thought of it that way, but I do have to say all of your food creations are always adorable and I love the like the holiday themes. They're they're so good. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing all of that info with us. That was a, a really great overview of canine enrichment. We're going to take a quick break and then be right back with a lightning round. Today's episode is brought to you by Nutrim Pet Products. Our pets bring so much joy to our lives, which is why we feed them the best. Made in Elmira, Nutrim recipes are all natural and only sold in Canadian-owned pet specialty retailers. Plus, $1 from each bag sold is donated to a local charity. Who do you feed for? Visit Nutrim.com for more information. Now it's time for my favorite segment, the lightning round. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Is, is it actually your favorite segment or is Willa or Woncha your favorite? No, you're right. I just like Willa or Woncha because we use my dog's name. I love it. All right. <laughs> lightning round. Okay, I'm going to go first. I want to ask the first question. Okay. Okay. Go. Taylor, I love to read. I love books. Books are my favorite. Do you have a book or any books that you would recommend for somebody who wants to learn more about canine enrichment? Yes. So there's a book called Canine Enrichment for the Real World. That's a good one. And then there's also one that's just straight up called uh, Canine Enrichment by Shay Kelly. So there are two for you. I have them actually linked on my website as well. Canine Enrichment for the Real World and then Canine Enrichment. And I think that second one you were talking about by Shay Kelly there, that is, there's like a Facebook group run by the author? Yeah, I'm actually an admin there. So I help. Um, I am in that group. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, I can't even remember how many people are in it now, like 300,000 or something. But people just post enrichment hey, hey. ideas all day long. So people just post what they're doing. And it's super awesome to see what people do. Yeah, I love that. All right, Ken's your question. Okay, Taylor. 
What is your dog's favorite enrichment activity? Dogs is in Bindi and Rosie, both of them. Go. Bindi, 100% anything tug-related, interactive play, or flirt pole. And Rosie is definitely food-motivated all the way. I would say probably her uh, Kong Wobbler or even uh, her Snoop. Those are two top favorites. What's a Snoop? Oh, the Snoop is a good one so it's like it's not hard plastic it's like a bouncy almost rubber and you pop it open I can actually see it if I you want me to show you after this but you pop it open you can put treats inside and it moves around but it's great for apartment dwellers because um, it's not hard and it's not going to like bash on your floor and your below neighbors aren't going to think you're bowling upstairs (laughs) which is nice but my dogs love it. It's because it's very sporadic. Can you put treats or to, like different things inside? They love it. It's like a hollowed out ball. Yeah. And it pops open and they even have a little thing you can buy for the top to make it a little bit more difficult if your dog masters it. So you can pop it in and then they have to pull that out first. Cool. I just tried to look it up. And the first thing that comes up is when you look up Snoop for dogs, all that comes up is pictures of Snoop Dogg. So- <laughs> <laughs> right? No surprise there. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay. I have another question. So one of my beefs with canine enrichment is I have a insane dog that will destroy anything. So do you have suggestions for canine enrichment activities that last more than a minute or two? Because I find sometimes with my dog, it's like, that was fun. That lasted two minutes. I love that. I've never heard like having a beef with canine enrichment in the same sentence, but I love it. <laughs> but I totally get it. It sucks when you like your dog like figures things out quickly or works through things fast. My suggestion would be to layer things. So instead of just giving one thing at a time, try and put out a couple different things that are completely different. So for example, have a snuffle mat, but then have like something frozen or even like a scatter feed, because then they get the choice to pick where they want to go first. And maybe they kind of get like, they decide, oh, I actually want to switch this up. I'm going to go do this. Um, One of my favorite enrichment toys that we've honestly had forever is the Kong Wobbler. That one is awesome and you can make it harder by just, I put corks inside. So, because if it bashes around, all the food comes out really easy. But if you have wine, which you're going to 13th Street, (laughs) you save those corks and then you just put them inside and they're too big to fit out the hole. So not a rest for your dog to consume, but it makes it a little bit uh, more difficult for those that master it really easily. How does the Kong Wobbler differ from your traditional Kong? So it's giant and it's made out of hard plastic. So it's not like stuff, like it's not a stuffable freezing toy. It's a, it's a dry treat toy. So it's okay. Yeah. So it bobbles along the bottom. It has a curved bottom and it's filled in the bottom with sand. So it's heavy. So then it rocks back and forth and treats come out with interactive play. That's great for kibble feeders yeah yeah for kibble yeah. feeders it's awesome or even like my dogs will do like little dehydrated treats cut up really small or you can do like little trainers or something like that very cool well i'm a big fan of the west pot topple um that has been one of the best ones because it's so we have the the large ones so it takes him 
when it's frozen, it does take a fair amount of time for him to get through. So that is a, a fan favorite for sure. Awesome. Well, well, I think that concludes our lightning round. Thanks for answering all of our questions, Taylor. And we will be right back. So you've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. Today we have been talking to Taylor from Bindi's Bucket List. Thank you so much, Taylor, for chatting with us today. So if our listeners, you know, want to get in touch or they want to learn more about Bindi's Bucket List, where can they find you on the internet? Absolutely. So you can find us at Bindi's Bucket List on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And if you're ever looking for some DIYs or we call it the resource hub. We have it all saved on our website, which is www.bindiesbucketlist.com. I have a whole segment of studies and starters, tips and tricks, um, frequently asked questions, toy referrals, different things like that. Um, also never hesitate to shoot me a DM on any of those platforms or email us at bindiesbucketlist at gmail.com. Happy to help. Or if I can't help, I'll try and point you in the direction of someone who can, but I always try to get back to everybody. So never hesitate to reach out that way either. Amazing. That is perfect. So thank you again so much, Taylor, for joining us today. Um, and give Bindi and Rosie a big hug from us. And thank you to everyone who's been listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. Till next time. See ya. Tell your father the witching hour is dead.